Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. My name is Bex and I love books and hopefully you do as well. On the way in this episode, I'll be telling you about some brilliant books coming out this month. We can squeeze in a little voice note from Liz Jardine, but first we're going to be talking to Elle McNichol. Now, she is an amazing author. I love her so much. And her newest book is called Like a Curse. It's the sequel to her last book, Like a Charm. And you may know Elle because her first book, A Kind of Spark, was a pretty big deal. She won the Waterstones Book of the Year Award and the Blue Peter Book Award as well. And it's about to be made into a CBBC show. So Like a Curse, her newest one, is my Fun Kids Book of the Month. And let's find out a little bit more about it, shall we? I am joined right now by... I'm going to say friend of the show, my friend, uh, Elle McNichol. How are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing to be back. And I say back, but I've never actually been here. This is my first time in the Fun Kids studio. I know. So um, when your first book came out, uh, yes. we got to speak. It was the beginning of the pandemic and we got to speak online, but I didn't actually see you. Uh, I've since met you at a few book festivals, but this is the first time you've come onto first my turf. First time. And you were my first interview ever. I know. I was so nervous. <laughs> And look at us now. Yes. And look at you now. You've got like a million books on the go, which is very exciting. <laughs> it feels that way. And you've got uh, your brand new book coming out called Like a Curse, which is the sequel to Like a Charm. As you well know, I'm a big fan of yours, Elle, and I love this book very, very much. Uh, so this is interesting because you've got Ramya coming back. Yeah. And I don't even know where to begin. What? How would you? How would you kind of like pitch this book to listeners who've maybe not read the first one? Right. Well, that's the tricky thing is talking about a sequel without spoiling book number one. Well, Ramya is a young witch. I can say she's an unconventional young witch but she has a lot of affinity with water she can see magical creatures other people can't and she thinks oh my gosh this is the best thing in the world I'm a witch I'm going to take over the world I'm going to do great things and her family says no you're going to Loch Ness with your grandmother and your aunt you're going to learn how to do magic properly and you're going to stay out of trouble so everyone's in a big house in Loch Ness and they're not allowed to go anywhere and Rami is itching to get out and fight and um an old enemy from the first book which again I'm trying not to spoil Uh, a baddie who is mentioned in the first book has come to Edinburgh and has taken over Edinburgh and Rami is not going to sit idly by in Loch Ness and let that happen so she sneaks out every night with her cousin to try and and try and save the save Scotland I think that's yeah that's great without spoiling there's there's also something in the water at Loch Ness which you wouldn't you wouldn't believe (laughs) but but yeah there's all kinds of magic going on so I was a bit um, apprehensive when I went into the book because I was like, oh my goodness, it's been a few months since I read the first one. Will I remember and will I be able to catch up? But actually, yeah. super quickly, I was like back in the story, which was great. Oh, good. And also it made me think like if you happen to pick up this book, maybe in the library or the bookshop and you haven't read the first one, don't worry. because you Don't worry at all. Yeah. And I know a year is a long time when you're young. I remember when I would finish a book when I was young and turn the last page and I would say coming next year and I'd go, well, that's ages away. Yeah, absolutely. Ever away. So yeah, don't worry. I do put little refreshers in the first few chapters that will catch everybody up. Um, and if you haven't read the first one, now you can read the whole series because this is a duology. It's both of them. It's finished after this. So yeah, hopefully hopefully people can jump right back in with Rami and Marley and uh, the new characters we have as well. And there are so many things to love about the book. So um, Rami, I think she really develops uh, even mm. more so in her personality because she realises that she kind of, she's very strong and she's great and she's very clever, but also she she needs to stop making excuses for herself and kind yeah. of believe in herself more yeah. as well. But also Ramya has a very specific thing called main character syndrome where she <laughs> believes that she's the only person that can fix problems and she's the only person that can solve mysteries and save the world and and because it's a fantasy story she, you know she thinks she knows that she's in a story like that she's got magical powers she thinks i am the main character 
And it's not really true. She sort of has to learn that other people <laughs> exist and have things to offer and that she needs to maybe reflect a bit more on her on herself. And I think we all go through a phase like that. Um, and she becomes much stronger by the end and I think much more settled with, with herself. Um, but has to fight a few monsters to, to get there. <laughs> and it also helps, obviously, with her family to kind of remind yeah. her of that, especially her Aunt Opal as well. Yes, her Aunt Opal. So they're both neurodivergent, which is shocker with me. <laughs> um, there's, um, it's kind of what I'm known for at this point. But yeah, that's what they are bonded over. They have very similar brains and um, um, Opal's really done it all. She's much more of a accomplished witch. And um, I think in the beginning, Rami is a bit frustrated with Opal. She's like, why aren't you you know, picking up a sword and taking down this this, this <laughs> yeah. evil monster. Why aren't you doing, why aren't you fighting? And Opal's much more of a lover than a fighter. I think she is trying to teach Ramia that revenge is, is pointless and violence is pointless. And um, again, I'm, I'm dancing around lots of lots of spoilers. Oh, I'm with you. I know. Because I was, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting because Opal is like, you know, forgiveness is much more yes. important. And that's, that's such a lovely motto. But oh, yeah. when you've been blessed with these amazing powers, that's maybe yeah. not your first way of solving a problem. Thank, yeah. Opal says to Ramia quite early on she says the one thing evil cannot stand is forgiveness which is true that is really true but I remember the first time I was told that I was about Ramia's age and I was like shut up what do you mean they cannot stand for of course they get like, we have to like take these people down we have to punish them like I really had that strong justice I still mm-hmm. do sometimes I think we all do and Opal's approach is much more like no we have to take the higher road and and that's the battle that the two of them have this entire book they, they love each other a lot but they also have completely different ideas on how to fight monsters so yeah they they're too similar in some ways and then very different in others but it's great for Ramya because it means she can learn yes those those lessons whether she wants Michael. to or not she yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've also got uh, her lovely cousin as well Marley. who just you know maybe hasn't got the same magical skills but has other strong oh, points as well strong points so Marley is quite an anxious kid and there's moments in the book where he has real moments of anxiety where he can't make himself do something and um, again without spoiling it there's, <laughs> there's a very interesting thing that they find and he's very apprehensive about it and it's really important to me because I think those kids I know a lot of kids like that when I meet them at book events and they 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 read my books and they're so brave and I don't think they realise how brave they are and they don't think that they're brave because they're not doing what Rami is doing which is charging headfirst into a, <laughs> into a, a mess but they're so brave because they're thinking about every conceivable um, situation and they're trying to weigh up you know which one's less dangerous and that's what Marley does he's such a brave kid he just doesn't get any of the credit yeah. um, and he's super smart as well and um, I love Marley and he's he's very very he's a very special kind of boy and I feel like boys in fiction sometimes aren't allowed to be as quiet and as gentle as Marley is mm-hmm. and there's so many great boys like Marley yeah he's a lovely soul that character yes. I really really like it and also you've got so many magical characters in here as well uh, did you have to research them a lot because there's there's like just so many I hadn't even heard of before yeah and they're, they're all they're Scottish yeah um, lots of Scottish mythology um, which again I I grew up um, hearing about you know we'd see a seal in the harbour and someone would be like oh that's a mermaid <laughs> that's a selkie when there's selkies in this book which is a Scottish mermaid um, and there are druids and dryads and yeah it's all very Celtic based mythology and the rules are changed a little bit in order to make stories work but um and there's one big big creature um that we will meet as well and and there's 
people from book one. There's the vampire from book one. There's the tro- I know oh. we're gonna talk about that scene. There's the um, the trolls and and there's little blue men. I mean, it's just I love Scottish mythology and I love the idea of them being sort of humanized and very normal and and I loved putting them in book two as well. Yeah, the Scottish aspect of it, I think it's something we spoke about for the last book. Um, It's it's like Edinburgh is another character in itself. Oh, totally. Which is so exciting for you, I guess, as well, especially to be able to put your home city in there. It's my home city, and I do feel that it is a very supernatural place. And in Charman Curse, the point is that the veil between the natural and the supernatural is very thin, and Ramia can see through it. Um, And Edinburgh very much lends itself to that. A lot of people like to send pictures of themselves with the book in the locations that are mentioned in the book. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so they'll be in the grass market, and they'll be at the part where the door is in in, the, in in like a charm and and they always say you know they usually come from other places they're not from Edinburgh and they say you know it really does feel like a place where magic could happen it's it's very um duality like duality yeah. in the city is very strong yeah that old town it just oh, feels yeah, like anything creepy. could happen in the really daytime is. it's lovely there's like coffee shops there's cakes there's bakeries there's cupcakes there's tourists there's people doing silent discos like it's really fun in the day and then the night comes and it, everyone goes away and it's just you in the cobblestone streets and you suddenly go this is quite a scary city all of a sudden it's really a different place yeah. so yeah the books definitely take advantage of that it's as, as you know i really enjoyed it but i've got to say uh, it's she uh, Rami is a very different character to Cora and Addy as well. Yeah. And do you miss those girls? Of course I miss them. They're much easier to deal with. Um, <laughs> Rami is very difficult. Um but I I'm really proud of her because she's not like Cora and Addy. She's very opinionated and and pushy and loud and and I want all girls and all children really, not just girls, but specifically neurodivergent girls to 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 know that it's great if you're like Addy, if you're a bit more mild-mannered and a bit more quiet, or if you're like Cora and you're a bit more cautious and curious, that's totally fine. But if you're loud and brassy, that's great as well. There's no one way to be, and it's it's okay to take up space. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to be, um, you know, have a bit of a fiery temper as long as you don't take it out on other people. Um, so it's, it was important to me that Rami has got a bit of fire because um, lots of neurodivergent girls do, and so I, yeah, she is a different a different. Be- kid but um love her a lot and so you mentioned this is just a two two-part story yes. so i'm guessing we're not going to see ramia for no. a little while maybe but do you have something else on in the works i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about it oh, it's, no. it's Hell, big, come on now it's big number <laughs> big number five is what i can say is i've been literally about to finish writing it is a it's revisiting somewhere we've been before oh exciting so it's a character okay. we've met before but they haven't been a main character before oh mate okay and <laughs> this is oh my goodness i feel like i'm just trying to decipher a riddle here but i'll try and figure it out um, and so previously you know your books have had slightly different themes like uh obviously we've had fantasy we had like yes. a sci-fi yeah um is this a, a different theme this or? is a contemporary genre okay so that's that's all i'll press you for now. yeah i think that basically answers the question <laughs> but um and also i'll tell when kids come to see me at events i tell them anything so half the country probably knows because i told them but <laughs> but yeah it's a character we've met before in a contemporary setting and this is their their story awesome you've also got quite an exciting project on the go can yes. you tell us a bit about it so a kind of spark which is the first book i ever spoke to you about yeah. is going to be a television show it is going to be on bbc iplayer cbbc um on the very beginning of April and it's I'm so excited I know lots of readers have been waiting for this they've been hearing about it for a long time and it is coming to CBBC 
and it's great. I'm so proud of the actors. They've done such an amazing job. We've got all autistic actors playing autistic characters and some autistic actors playing non-autistic characters. Um, and I think the readers are going to love uh, Lola, Georgia and Caitlin, who are the three sisters. And I'm so scared and nervous about people <laughs> seeing this show and being like, that wasn't in the book or that's not in the book. But I really hope people love it. and It's going to be out very, very soon. I, I can't wait to see it. Did you have much input into how it, like the story of it or the casting or, so I, you know? I wrote a couple of the episodes. So there's wow. 10 episodes in total. They're all half an hour long. Um, and I I had the final say on a few of the casting, the big casting choices. Right. Um, I almost crashed the car when Lola's audition was sent to me, who plays Addie, because she was so great. Wow. So I think readers are going to love her. And do we maybe see you in the back of a, a little shop uh, somewhere? Well, a Hitchcock cameo, maybe. <laughs> I d- see, I don't want to say in case they, in case they cut it at the last minute. Sure, yeah, yeah, that would be awkward. W- I was on set to film a little something, so very eagle-eyed re- people might spot me in a certain scene. You just know there's going to be people <laughs> who've seen you at book festivals just like squinting <laughs> at the TV like, where is she? <laughs> Pausing the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, out of interest, when you go to book festivals and when you go to schools, which book do you get asked about the most? The kind of spark. Is it that one straight away? Yeah. In Edinburgh now, it's probably more like Charm and now like a Curse. Yeah. Um, because it's set in Edinburgh and it's so much about that, but everywhere else it's a kind of spark, yeah. I can imagine, yeah, that was the the first big one, I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is no bad thing to be asked about, I'm sure. No, and hopefully the TV show will bring more people into the world of Juniper and and hopefully people never stop asking about it because I don't mind talking about it. It's very sweet. Like a Curse is out right now and thank you so much, Elle, for telling us all about it. No, thank you for having me in the studio. Oh, thank you so much to Elle McNichol for telling me all about Like a Curse. Next up, we need to check in with Liz Jardine. Now, she's written a brand new book called The Detention Detectives. So I wonder what inspired her. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi James, I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, my name is Liz Jardine and I write murder mysteries for 9 to 12 year olds. The Detention Detectives is published by Puffin and it's out now. In The Detention Detectives, we follow three 12-year-old misfit investigators, each with their own reasons for wanting to solve the shocking murder of their rather horrible PE teacher. The three investigators are Jono, the new boy and our narrator. He's mad at his parents for relocating to a new town. Jono thinks that getting involved with the crime is a great way to stick it to the grown-ups. I think he carries out some of the wild strategies I imagined when it happened to me when I was 10. Daniel is a young carer who often uses his love for magic and sci-fi to escape his responsibilities. But when the real world comes crashing in to disrupt his careful routines, he only has one way out and he'll stop at nothing to get to the truth. Lydia is a nosy school newspaper reporter. She uses the paper to excuse her sometimes dubious methods of uncovering secrets and lies at Hambridge High, because the death of a teacher is a scoop that might just get her on the front page. I wrote a murder mystery because I love reading Golden Age whodunits. The Golden Age was between the World Wars, the 1920s to the 1940s, and some of the greatest crime writers of all time flourished then. 
I love the page-turning plots, the puzzle of it all, and the fact that even if you didn't work out who the killer was yourself, everything was explained and neatly timed up by the end. In these books, after a period of chaos, order is restored and there is a definite right or wrong, unlike real life, which is often much less simple. Although the Golden Age stories are historical for us now, they were written about the times the author was actually living in, so I thought I'd do the same rather than setting them way back in the past. As I've discovered through all my reading, the best stories don't need to be set in an exotic place or among wealthy or unusual people. They can be about our own time, a familiar place and people who are just like you and me. The question I asked myself before I started to write was this. How would a normal kid in a normal school today get mixed up in a murder? And how might they go about solving it? Now, before we go, I've got to remind you, there are so many brilliant books around at the moment, including some brand new ones that you need to check out. For example, Natasha Farrant has a new book called The Rescue of Ravenwood. It's a bit of a climate change story. It's an epic adventure with a call to arms to save the most treasured things on our planet. So Natasha said she wrote the book to educate kids on the climate crisis and corruption in our world as well. Sounds pretty important. Uh, the next book is Laura Ellen Anderson's Rainbow Grey Battle for the Skies. Now, I I have read some books in the Rainbow Grey series and really, really love everything that Laura Ellen Anderson writes, so I can't wait for this one. It's got a brilliant tagline as well. It says, The greater the storm, the brighter the rainbow, which sounds pretty awesome, right? So to defeat Tornadia's dark magic, Ray Grey, with a little help from her friends, has to find the forever crystals. Yeah, I'm intrigued as well. So there you go, Rainbow Grey, Battle for the Skies and The Rescue of Ravenwood are two books to look out for. In the meantime, that's pretty much it from me today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this, remember to rate, review, subscribe and follow wherever it is you get your pods from. In the meantime, I hope you're reading a great book. Bye. I'm James Stewart. And in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.